Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comic Bureau Field Report. I'm Jake Kroger, the creator of the Comedy Bureau. Of course, the Comedy Bureau Field Report is uh, part of the Believe podcast family. That's why on your favorite podcast platform, it might read Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. And of course, that's spelled B-L-E-A-V. Uh, none of that is up to me. I feel like I have to lay that disclaimer. And I will also say that every time I lay this disclaimer, every guest has laughed because it is ridiculous. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, this week's illustrious guest is the first manager that has ever been on the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Uh, and a great human being, uh, uh, I would, I'd say a purveyor of a fine comedy and, and uh, a, a do-gooder for comedy. Does that fit? Does that sound good? Love it. I'll take uh, it. Please give it up for Jessica Kelly, everybody. Thank you for having me, Jake. Of course. So good to see you. Uh, how are you? Uh, how's quarantine going? Where are you quarantining? How's a veil comedy? I am good. Quarantine is, uh, it's, it is something. I've never been around <laughs> so many trees, really uh-huh. a lot of outdoors time. I love right, outdoor, right. of course, wearing a right. mask, distance. Uh, Thank goodness. I've, I've had some good quarantine luck, dare I say. I've Ooh, been, please share. I've been house sitting in a beautiful house in La Cunata with a view yes. and a dog. And I'm go. like, I'm out of the city. I'm really grateful. It's right. it's really it is yeah. It's amazing. It's yeah. been really good. Yeah, there's, there's a fireplace. You know, fire. cool. Yes. <laughs> That's how did that happen? Uh, I one of those wild. I was half kidding and said to another manager, mm-hmm. "I've been." Um, uh, I had a huge like life changes, mm-hmm. went through a divorce, was subletting, and oh, then no, I... I'm so sorry. Good. It's good. Very it's about as amicable as divorces go. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. Did it happen during all of this? It was finalized in April of oh, no. last year. <laughs> oh my <wild>. god. Hey, <laughs> I, I feel you. I fell in love with the first person in my entire <gasps> life. You in December of 2019. That made me screech. And then she has not talked to me since June of last year. No. Well, first fall in love means first heartbreak. Oh my God. (laughs) Is the first cut the deepest? My, it, I was in a very dark place for most of 2020. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I mean, it's not okay. Uh, yeah. but I think I'm okay. I'm okay now. Oh, I look, I, so there was all of this and then yeah. there was that I had to get my appendix removed. Oh no. Oh, no. Imagine going to the ER now. I know I had to go to the ER in April, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is another April was quite a month. I, um, mm-hmm. I, what was your experience in the ER though? Cause when I went, mm-hmm. it was empty. Like, yes, it was too. I went in October oh and I, I went at four in the morning. Oh my God. Also like, so apparently people don't drive themselves to the ER. 
Right. Not I, usually. I, I did that. <laughs> oh, no. Because I, I was just like, you know, well, unemployment's coming in, but can I afford an ER right now? Right now? I don't know. What? Yeah, oh, it's, God. and I, also what's great, I have a roommate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not wake them up. Did not. That's, that's very selfless of you yeah, dangerous and, perhaps yeah they screamed at me later they're like why the fuck did you not wake me up like oh i don't know God. it was like early in the se- in the morning it's like i didn't want to bug you like, well i got driven there and then they wouldn't let him in because Oof. of covid so mm-hmm. he had to go wait and I was just alone in this empty, I was expecting it to be, it was right. Saturday night at like 10 o'clock right. at St. Joe's in Burbank, like a big right. hospital and it was right. empty. I was in and out in like under two hours. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that was sort of like, well, so I had a, I had a surgery. It was my, yeah. uh, um, I drove there and walked into the ER. I, they actually, I got redirected by somebody. They're like, oh, this is the path for like COVID people. You have to stay on this, this path. Mm-hmm. And then I got, before I could even enter in, they like took my temperature and they like checked like me for symptoms. And after that was okay, I then got to sit in empty lobby at the ER, which was weird and sort of ghastly feeling. Wild. Yeah. And then, but I got admitted in 10 minutes. Wow. But I was in and out same day. Like wow. I went in at 5 a.m. And then by... 1.30 in the afternoon, I was out of there oh my having God. my appendix removed. Oh, that's so, it's so crazy having like health stuff during this time. Like, oh, yeah. I, um, I guess I can talk about this. I had something going on. I did not know what it was. And it was like, mm-hmm. it kept advancing. It kept, and you know, I had a bone marrow biopsy in December. Ooh. And, does and it then, hurt as much people as people say it does? Thank God Cedars puts you out. So okay. <laughs> I was not awake, <laughs> but right. it like afterwards it hurt for like a week. It was yeah. not, um, but it's been a while that like, I'll say right now everything's fine, but it's like, it is some rare, I was diagnosed with like a rare form of blood cancer. <gasps> but they like my oncologist we met with him at the beginning of January and he was almost giddy he's like we never see this this is so rare it's hey, so cool easy. dude yeah. cool, <laughs> he's cool, like cool. it's so stable and then he was like I just don't want to do anything while COVID is happening right. and he's like and it could affect you but right now it's stable so we'll we'll look at it again in like four months. It, I was like shocked, like getting that right. diagnosis. I was just mm-hmm. like, is my life about to change in every way? Right. And like, okay, for today, all mm-hmm. seems to be fine. Greg right. Barris is making me eat uh, this mushroom powder and broccoli sprouts. I'm just like, you got it, I'll do it. <laughs> cool, or is he also having you do rituals? Like, I in will, a back- I'll do whatever. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, so it, it's very wild, like going into hospitals during this time, and that's wild. I did not even know that you could get cancer of the blood. I, I thought know. it was like on organs, you yeah. know? Yeah. What a what a wild thing. Oh my god! But you're feeling yeah. okay? I'm feeling okay. I've been like really tired, which is another like mm-hmm. kind of grateful for the 
this slight slowing down of the pandemic, I've been able to sure. afford a bit of tiredness in my life. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but but I but I'm okay. Like other than that, that's the only thing. And who knows if that's connected to it? It could just right. be living in a pandemic. It's yeah, connected. yeah. There's definitely that part of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. There there are a lot of people who are just. I mean, you know. The, the whole thing is unprecedented in our lifetimes and like it uh it is exhausting mentally i mean that's why people like tap out of the news yeah totally um i can't i just need to know there's a desire yes. to <laughs> need to know we love this about you someone needs to be staying focused yeah 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 <laughs> and even more so i mean some people a lot of people just focus on u.s news and uh or like you know the, the <laughs> there was like the coup in Myanmar yesterday. Yes. And most people know it through that viral video. I think. Did mm -hmm. you see that? Yeah, the dancing. The girl dancing, which feels <laughs> like an opening to a movie. I hope that yes. ends up being an opening to a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with that story is actually crazier than people know because, like, you know, uh, I think you know if you read about it, the person who got deposed was like a Nobel Peace Laureate, mm -hmm. uh, but she was being suspected of allowing <laughs> the, the sort of uh, violent suppression of uh, Muslims that were like uh, living in Myanmar, which is yeah. crazy unto itself. And, yeah. you know, like there was talk of like revoking any sort of peace recognition that she had gotten. Um, and her international reputation was in tatters, but at home she was still wildly popular. And, you know, then COVID hit and then we kind of didn't hear about any of it. Uh, but like, yeah. I love following world news. Um, if anything, it actually makes you feel a little less terrified living here because it's way worse elsewhere. Yes, for sure. <laughs> People, yeah, we still have racism and white supremacy is a big problem and the climate change, yada, 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 yada. But like, it's still better than a lot of other places. Yeah, well, it's, it's weird for me as a Canadian, which, mm -hmm. you know, it, America is a real wild, it's different. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, Canada has, we have our own stuff for sure. Yeah. But um, it's, it's been a real eye opener these past four years for me having not grown up here. Uh, Priya, I'm going to say sorry for whatever the america has done to you yes i mean i'm also an immigrant jessica i think you yeah. know this yeah. yes uh what has this sort of eye-opening experience been for you um besides just trump i think like just the whole like the systemic racism like i really you know it was that like oh i'm sure that exists but i did not mm -hmm. i just i've been in a bubble like i've right. lived in my own bubble since moving here right and just did not have the firsthand experience and so i've really seen like where my blind spots are and like mm -hmm. how much i still have to learn I, I i also i don't think i realized that numbers of people it's like i knew mm -hmm. it existed i did not I, I was one of those people that was shocked when Trump was elected. Like I, right. I didn't think that was possible. And now when people are like, if you were shocked, you weren't paying attention. It's like, I wasn't paying attention. Like I, it was not, right. I did not see that coming. So it's been just a mm -hmm. constant learning 
looking right. at one's own privilege, like what a privilege to not have to 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 be blind to something like that. Like right. Yeah. Right. And it's um well, I didn't want it to happen, but my dad, my dad and my mom voted for Trump twice. So wow. it wasn't a surprise. Yeah. Wow. And it is like I mean, I still talk to them. I see them probably every like, every week and a half. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't agree with almost anything that they stand for. But I do like hearing to just see where they're at, like what like what their take is. Mm-hmm. Um, at a distance, there's only so much I can directly engage with it. Like, yes. I really don't want to like talk to somebody who thinks Black Lives Matter is a terrorist group. Yes. And yes. Um, thinks that, you know, George Soros runs everything as he's mm-hmm. being fueled by Chinese money. Like, I don't really want to like, yeah. enga- I, I just want to know that, oh, that's what you think. Okay. I, I don't want to argue. I'm going to. Yeah. Similarly, I like seeing like, you know, people who are so far left, you know, you're talking about like hardcore communists and anarchists mm-hmm. that uh, they're, they think in black and white too. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. of where like they spell america with three k's mm-hmm. <laughs> and like every everything that america does is bad yeah. everything that capitalism does is bad mm-hmm. and um you know like we should not even have leaders or organizers for our group it needs to be um you know autonomously formed and we got to raise affinity that's their but yeah uh and everything has to be done through mutual aid which like you know look i'm sure i do think you guys make a lot of great points and i agree Mm -hmm. with some of it but like the way you're gonna do it like good luck helping only like 20 people yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) that's all i am am loving seeing the like the gamestop thing like the power of people is Mm -hmm. oh my god i love it Right. I don't understand the stock market enough. I like. I hope it ends well for everyone. But yeah, well, it's does it, it it is confusing, sort of on purpose. Yes. So yeah. as to prevent yes what happened exactly from happening. Yep. <laughs> but it is like all of this. All of this. Oh man, we'll get to comedy in a sec, guys. <laughs> uh, all it it is high stakes gambling. You know. Yeah, it is. It is. Totally. It really, really <laughs> is. Yes. I mean, like, have people drawn parallels between how, like, I mean, if you want to understand the stock market, the look how the value of um, sneakers is yeah. portrayed. Like, like basically, Kanye did some dumb shit, and then his yeah. sneakers worth less money, and totally. that's kind of how the stock market works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perceived yeah. value and make ups Like, it's just, yeah. it's wild. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And insider trading is basically a bunch of people getting together like, okay, we'll like make this, like we'll all sell at the same time or we'll all buy at the same time. So this will denote a, like an artificial value that will make us a lot of money. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, people just kind of, it's designed. I mean, you look at like images of like NASDAQ or like the New York Stock Exchange and you're, you see the numbers flying everywhere and they're like, that looks so intimidating. Oh my God. Yeah. But it. I mean, it's a lot, but also it's, it's in so many ways, really dumb. Yep. <laughs> I love it. 
yeah <laughs> it's pretty great um we'll get into more of what you've been up to uh, and all you know in the green zoom avail yourself everything avail comedy um in a little bit but let's get yes. to some comedy news <laughs> So first up, there is going to be a, another podcast about the U.S. version of The Office. They're already at, led by uh, or hosted by a uh, former uh, cast member of The Office, uh, Brian Baumgartner. And uh, there, as some of you may know, there's already a podcast that was hosted by cast uh, members of The Office called Office Ladies with uh, Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey. And then there was a audio series that did a deep dive on the office um, with cast members, uh, and so this is this is another one. And uh, for, I mean, you know, the office is so prevalent in culture that when I've seen when I've bothered to go on Hinge and I've seen dating profiles where people say I'm into the office, <laughs> that upsets me because it's like. Thing? Yeah, it's like, what? why does this make you stand out? Is, yeah. this, is this like an interesting thing to, like who, you know, if you actually hated The Office, that would say more about you than yes. you liking, that's not, yes. that's almost appeal. just like saying, I, I like coffee, I, I like going cream. to, yeah, oh, cool, great. I mean, <laughs> welcome to the majority of humanity, everybody. Isn't, isn't Disneyland a big thing like that on dating apps? Like, sure. It's similar. It's similar. You know the interesting one? I've seen some people put like A24 movies. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, it's, it does distinguish you, but you know, A24 isn't without fault. Yeah, but great. Great. But it, how much more can they squeeze out of the office? I mean, let's see. Let's see. They're just... <laughs> Give I mean, the, Bush the, was president for when the U.S. office came out, right? Yes. <laughs> In oh, his first wild. term? That's wild. Yeah. So we went through all of that, and the office is actually more popular now. What is it airing on now? It's on Peacock. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so NBC has their, you know... Um, stream platform and it seems as though you know for these days the streaming platforms are anchored by you know these sort of marquee shows like Disney Plus wouldn't have the launch that they had without the Mandalorian yeah um, and now you know they're the I don't know what they're holding on to now I mean they have the Simpsons and they have um, all the Marvel movies um, but you know we didn't get a Star Wars movie for Christmas because probably COVID Mm-hmm. Um what I need to it? watch Ted Lasso, which people keep saying is you great. know, I people do keep saying it's great. And I wonder about the state of my own cynicism based on of my distaste for Ted Lasso. That's right, everybody. I do not like it. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> yes. I think it is uh unrealistically cheery, and I do not appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I'm so, okay, I'm really I'm really curious if I right. will like it. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. If, so just so you know, well, if you don't like it, you're not alone. 
Okay, I will let you know. I will yeah. let you know. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like an SNL sketch that is gone on way too long. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Which I will say, I will qualify. So there was a, a, a midnight show at UCB Franklin uh, before the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. They they reenacted like famous SNL sketches and like famous sketches in general. And then after the they like covered it, um, they improvised for 15 more minutes. <laughs> oh my God. And it became so <laughs> insane. <laughs> one of the one of the times that I enjoyed the most was like they did Celebrity Jeopardy, mm -hmm. and one of the people also all the people in the cast have no idea what role they're gonna play, so this girl got cast as French Stewart or like Jimmy Fallon playing French Stewart, and oh. she had no idea who French Stewart was. <laughs> <laughs> so she so just funny. acted like a maniac the whole time. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that was pretty great. That was pretty great. <laughs> so, you know, pending uh, UCB Franklin surviving and things opening up safely, uh, go watch that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> midnight. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, improv show. Um, oh, yeah. But, comedy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I was I was saying pre-pod to, to you that The Office, it just seems like such a cash cow that I feel like, you know, in its aggregate of the amount of money it makes it might make more money than a, like a country it's possible it really you know is. there are like tiny countries that barely make any money and i feel like <laughs> yeah do you think new people are like discovering the office or is it people like re-watching it well i mean billy eilish is like famously like a huge fan oh i didn't know that I mean, like she made like a whole big deal. Uh, like she talks about how much she loves it. I think like she had, like she geeked out over getting to talk to um, um, Dwight. Why can't I think? Oh, Rain, Rain Wilson. Um, I'm more familiar with this Sia being a Survivor fan. That's my favorite weird one. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Do tell. I just, Sia like gives, um, like monetary prizes to like who her favorite person on Survivor was. Like she's uh -huh. such a Survivor fan. And I'm one of those, I'm one of the, I don't know anyone else. I think like Will Anderson still watches Survivor, but I right. still watch Survivor. I did not, I didn't give You're up. You're not the only one. What is it in <laughs> season 37? Yeah. <laughs> did I guess that right? I don't, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but it's around there. Yeah. It's like decades long. Decades. Show. Yeah. So are what at, at this point is are people allowed to kill each other yet? Not yet. Because no. I thought it was wild when they're like, you can kidnap a member from another tribe. I'm like, yes. this is insane. <laughs> what? I love it. What are they doing yeah. now? What's that? Uh, are, how are like are they recording or taping during COVID? They are. There was like, um. They must, I guess, like in one way, they're like all on a secluded island together. So I'm sure, sure they just pod in that way where all the cast and crew right. isn't interacting with anyone else. Right. But it's, it's so funny. I've like looked down in this time. I've had like um, 
two clients call or text. So I'm uh, I have, like that manager side eye of like, uh, is there a fire to put out? Nope, no fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, it would actually be so cool if you took a call during this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. Anytime. I yeah. I and it. I know all your clients. So. Yes, you do. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, um, okay. So second bit of news, unless you, do you have any closing mm-mm. thoughts about the office? Well, it's going to be called the, uh, the office deep dive with Brian Gartner. Um, and that'll be coming out soon. Uh, if you're a fan of the office, I'm sure you're already subscribed if that's a thing. Um, next bit of news, the American black film festival is uh, starting their first comedy festival. Um, of course, it has to be virtual at this time. Um, and it is a festival that is uh, set to highlight uh, black and brown comedians. Um, they will, they're having an open call for submissions, but they wanna feature anything from stand-up and uh, writers you know, doing short films and sketches. Uh, and they have several competitions uh, related to those things. Um, what's interesting though is, so they, in their promotions of it, they, uh, say it is for black and brown comedians. Uh, but they, uh, if you look into submitting, uh, you have to identify as, uh, black indigenous, uh, or Latinx, um, which means that the brown people who are from South Asia or Southeast Asia, uh, not unlike myself, a Filipino person, um, were excluded from submitting. Um, you know, in terms of inclusivity and moving forward and representation, I mean, you know, it's hard to kind of carve out your own niche, but it's it seems like it's getting better. But is this, are the pluses and minuses here? Like what what's weighing more, do you think? I don't know. I'm just looking at this for like the first time. Like, what do you think their reasoning for that is? Well, you know, it's Black History Month uh, now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the idea of representation mattering uh, is, I think, starting to like, I mean, it has mattered, of course. But I think like Black stories are being told uh, in TV and movies at more so than they have been in the past. And not just in like for black people, but for like like it would be for like black exploitation movies, but it's getting out into the mainstream. Like I, it was interesting. I heard what podcast was I listening to? I can't remember, but I heard a black comedian say that like a black movie they saw wasn't great, um, and she commented that like it's it's kind of great that it wasn't great because there's so many that I don't have to like say that it's just great because black people are in it. Like we have room to have like terrible movies mm-hmm. and then that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just like, we all have to like, like collectively agree, like this is going to be good, right? This is going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so it's, it, you know, it, to what degree, you know, like that, this has to keep going because it's still like 
even though I'm sure plenty of male white comedians feel like they have to struggle to get spots and uh, opportunities, um, it, it's still hard for minorities to get seen, heard, mm -hmm. even now in 2021. And why you like, you know, I guess it's a speculation. I'm just, you know, what their decision mm -hmm. to exclude would be like. Right. Cause it, I, I mean, I, I think it's just like, oh, we wanted to just be for us, you know? And like, I mean, that sort of comes in, I think, at, you know, kind of conflict with I, the idea of intersectionality and, you know, maybe, I mean, we'll see what this festival ends up being. I don't know. Kenya Barris is going to be an official ambassador of it. Um, but the idea of minorities having like, oh, this is going to be our thing. And then you guys have your thing. I think at times that can be a problem because mm -hmm. it keeps people divided. Now, well, that's interesting. Yeah. I also just thought that comedians must have no prior television experience, which is like, that's really limiting <laughs> the, the entry pool. <laughs> that's yeah. like, all right. I mean, what's your, what's your take on, on, on this? And I mean, like, you know, you have clients that are people of color. Mm -hmm. Where I know some agents and managers still don't. Yeah, and you know, it, it's like, I, um, I looked at, I also, I realized that I don't represent anyone who doesn't identify as like, as straight. And I was like, oh, I think, I mean, <laughs> unless I'm just not aware, but I think like, uh, you know, I started working with people, you know, because I liked their comedy. That was right. like, I believed in them. I was a right. fan. That was like my main focus mm -hmm. and intention mm -hmm. and now it's also like oh and are there people I'm not seeing they're just not in front of my face and like I do want to be a part of like um you know having a wider representation of like voices and things like that so I don't I don't know because I definitely wasn't like I need to tick a box and like right. fill a slot with a thing with a thing that doesn't sound good you know but like <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> with with a certain thing and I I sure. asked a friend who um you know I I brought this up to them they're mm -hmm. um who show ran um a tv show that had like a, a ton of gay and lesbian people on the on the cast on the crew and so I brought this up I was like this is something that like I don't feel great about but I like it also feels weird going out to like um to look for a gay client like that feels insane right right and right. then you don't want it like a token client yeah exactly and so what she suggested which I love she was like you know what you could set is that the next slot you fill will be someone that identifies mm -hmm. um and in that way and i if other people pop up i like i might turn i will turn them down because yeah. like i'm holding that space mm -hmm. until someone who identifies that way appears like 
which feels, I don't know if that's not the question you asked, but just, mm -hmm. this is such a weird, and I always feel like, I'm a straight white woman, I am going to say the wrong thing, and it's like, yeah, it's right. okay, I can say the wrong thing, and learn, and like, course correct, and not do right. this perfectly, like, right. so I, I don't know, like, I, um, with things like this, I, you know, this, um, this comedy festival, I don't know. I hope it does a lot of good for people. Like, I right. hope that the intention is to like give voices to voices that maybe aren't heard. And I hope right. there's great stuff. And I don't mm -hmm. know. I want to believe that, that too, because like, I mean, I think comedy shows in the past that have been restricted to a designation like you know it's uh something like slanted comedy but <laughs> it's only asian people mm -hmm. and then it's called that i think is weird mm -hmm. and like you know um i mean truthfully from my a lot of those shows i mean they'll have like one or two actually good people and then mm -hmm. a lot of it is just like well these aren't good but then you can make the argument that like well people in minorities haven't had the opportunity uh and the resources like a lot of their white counterparts to mm -hmm. develop in the same way um and then that comes into real you know, issues of sort of like class of resources because like there are a lot of white kids who also didn't get the same opportunities either because you know we were we our parents were producers and we mm -hmm. didn't have we couldn't just like not make money and like write scripts and pilots and yes stuff and like yeah and do open mics um yeah. so there's a lot at work there and but i feel like you know for me i think like i've always just tried to go see everything mm -hmm. and like really go out of my and i think like truly see everything and, mm -hmm. and whether it's you know club indie or it's like a comedy show well I don't have to say white comedy show but a lot of comedy shows are just end up being white mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but then like see people who uh, are black latinx who are gay who are trans who like any like and I feel like when you actually go out and hit pound the pavement and see everything mm-hmm you do end up just like knowing and finding all the people of all those backgrounds that are great because there are people of all totally. those backgrounds that are great. You just need to go find them. Yeah, absolutely. And I just like, I just really try to keep, keep cast as wide a net as possible. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, how you end up seeing people like uh, Patty Harrison, mm -hmm. um, Byron Bowers, you know. Totally. Uh, Chris Garcia, like uh Atsuko mm -hmm. yeah it was interesting absolutely. um <laughs> that girl that I mentioned that broke my heart well mm -hmm. you know it more felt like I was left with my heart in my hands and uh it was just like uh you know I felt like a ghost or whatever um <laughs> she thought that I didn't do enough to lift brown and black voices for the comedy bureau and, uh, at, and, you know, this is sort of at the height of those Black Lives Matter marches. Um, 
Otsko, I had her on, on as a guest and she mentioned that like, I'm not the problem. I've always mm-hmm. like shouted out everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I never really thought about it that way. I really never tried it. Like I just try to, I always like finding stuff that's new and different. I mean, that's mm-hmm. sort of my MO. Yeah. And I think that ends up when I do it very earnestly and genuinely like looking over everything, it takes care of the issue of like, trying to include and being diverse yeah 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 agreed i'm not saying everybody (laughs) has to be like me but you know i suppose (laughs) that's right (laughs) yeah um yeah i'm curious about the american black film festival's uh or uh, comedy festival uh it'll first be virtual and then they want it to be an in-person thing that'll happen annually um, you can go find out more details at abff.com slash comedy fest. Uh, last bit of news before we get to what you've been up to and what is lies in head for uh, the future. Uh, Noah Baumbach has signed an exclusive deal with Netflix to uh, write and direct and make films exclusively for Netflix for the next uh, several years, it seems. Uh, Noah Baumbach famously has made uh, sort of the critically acclaimed comedies because they're dramedies uh, over a lot of his uh, career. Uh, the Squid and the Whale, Grim- Greenberg, uh, Mitri- Mistress of America, um, which I really, really love. Um, Greenberg is uh, re- hits home for me as well. Um, I think it, it almost feels like this is another sort of telltale sign that like the studio system in a weird way is kind of back Mm -hmm. um where like talent is like treated like a commodity at a streaming service versus a studio or like a network but like um how that affects like people's allegiances or like all right, well, I'm going to pay more for Netflix because I, or I'm going to buy Netflix because I want to watch a Noah Baumbach movie. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, well, we can't go to movie theaters. That's sort of part of the problem is, so yeah, it's, yeah like, <laughs> like, I think for a long time, people didn't care whether they were watching a Warner Brothers movie or mm-hmm. a Paramount movie or something like that like they did back when it's like oh is this an archaeo picture like i don't mm-hmm. like their movies <laughs> but i think that that's sort of the case now i, I mean if 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 noah is going to just make movies at netflix like you know um that is only going to encourage people that are his fans or people that like those sort of movies to subscribe to that mm-hmm. maybe go less the movies or, you know, I mean, Netflix owns the Egyptian theater now, so you would have to go see in a theater there. And then that would only, you know, push things like Hulu and Amazon Prime to like lock down top tier talent as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think that spells out for sort of like, I mean, TV, movies, comedy being taken seriously as an art form? Yeah, I mean, I'm still, Marriage Story was one of the last uh, movies that I saw in a saw in a theater. I saw it at the Vista. Oh yeah. And I hated it. I wish oh. that I had watched it on Netflix. Was there something? Uh, I mean, you, 
like did it personally upset you was there a personal connection no I mean uh, I love Laura Dern I could watch her in anything she was oh, fantastic yeah. but oh, yeah. I and I don't know I, w I went with my friend Chris we had both uh gotten divorced and I just remember being like I think you know, honestly I couldn't relate to it I think right. I wanted to relate to it more right and I just like I did not have a connection to it at all right um yeah I don't know like I'm I'm I was just thinking about how like how much I am enjoying and like building a trust with HBO Max. It's mm -hmm. just like they keep putting out things that I am liking and it'll make me right. You know, before I would like get HBO for a little bit and not and now it's just like yeah, they consistently are building my trust and I right. think that with a, you know, named people with doing deals like that at mm -hmm. Netflix, like it does if that is something you like, right. it like the whole, I don't know, these things that used to have be very brandless in a way, like everything oh, yeah. was there. Mm -hmm. It's like becoming its own thing. Do you kind of know what's going to be there? I don't know. I, I, I'm all for it. That's okay. my take. I'm okay. all for it. Yeah, I mean, I mean everything keeps shifting. It's, oh, yeah. it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's also, I mean, it's curious to see like, I mean, I think for somebody like Noah, it's, a, it's, I think, kind of a good move in the sense that, like, the fate of indie film seems to really be hanging in the balance right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's nice that, like, you know, most screenings have to happen virtually, and so that sort of puts, you know, things on a level playing field, and a lot of studios are keeping their big releases away mm -hmm. from being released um, because they want to have them happen in theaters, um, but you know, like, I don't know that, I mean, well, I can, I can safely guess that box office isn't the same for even specialty cinema virtually as it was like when it happened in person. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, I think multiplexes are just going to play like nothing but like Marvel style temples for a while. Cause that there's just going to be a backlog of all of them. Yeah. And that's the, all that will be in the in main movie theaters. And we all have to go to Arclight, like just all of us. <laughs> for months and months and months. <laughs> we want to see anything that has any substance at all. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I miss Arclight. <laughs> oh, we all do. We all. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I say, I, I'll say this: Tenant does not make sense in a drive-in. Like, it's watching Tenant at a drive-in is like the worst way to watch it. <laughs> I haven't been to a drive yet in the a drive-in yet in the pandemic. Uh, be be do your research because some of them aren't good. Like, yeah. I watched Promising Young Woman at um, Cine Lounge, and mm -hmm. the, we the screen was the screen was very tiny. Oh no! And like because it was. <laughs> yeah their projector wasn't strong enough and so like I'm like you know I have to wear glasses at night but like with my glasses I see fine and like there were things I just couldn't see yeah uh, that sucks yeah it really really does and then like sound you know I mean it's coming through your car speakers so yeah if uh, no one's doing a car speaker mix you know yeah it seems like fun to go to a drive-in like a movie you've already seen like sure. an an older nostalgic night out experience, perhaps. Right. I don't know. 
I mean, yeah, there are parts of it that are cool in the experience of it, but the actual watching of the movie needs to still like be improved, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the stuff that is already a drive-in, I actually haven't been to those. I've only been to drive-ins that weren't drive-ins. Got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, maybe that's being a little unfair, but uh, yeah, they... Um, I mean, it's just kind of what we're afforded right now, you know? Have you been to any of the, um, the comedy drive-ins? I Since... have. Uh, I went How to... was it? So I went to the, I've been to two and one of them I've been to more than once, but, uh, there was comedy dynamics did those tapings mm -hmm. like Daniel Webb and, um, uh, Esther Steinberg and, uh, two other people, I can't remember off the top mm -hmm. of my head. Um, at the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Um, I think they set it up really well. And like, it was, I mean, I had to watch comedy on a, on a, on a Jumbotron. Mm -hmm. We were so far back that I went to see Daniel and Daniel was like an ant from where we were parked. Wild. But, but it's, it, it's kind of a trip to watch like, you know, somebody who I know who, I mean, I love Daniel. I think he's great. Yes. But he's not like Eddie Izzard famous yet the, where you mm -hmm. would be normally on a Jumbotron. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to see him <laughs> on like a big screen like that and then see his movements correspond um, this tiny stick figure on stage uh, was so wild. trippy. Yeah. I mean, also it was like, you know, even at that time, I mean, people have performed for so long now, but like at that time, people hadn't performed for like months and mm -hmm. performing in front of cars has never, ever been done in the history of comedy as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, because generally it's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Fairbanks just did one on Saturday night and at, said it was at great. The Magic Castle? At the um, the Irvine, uh, with the oh improv. yeah, so that's the other yeah. one that I know about. So yeah, they take over a floor of a parking structure, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, yeah, people do on stage. I'd be curious to check that one out. The other one I went to was oh, I, I got to say this: the the <laughs> driving at the at the Rose Bowl, they had a step and repeat for cars. Funny. That's it was comedy. so ridiculous. <laughs> like they just made a giant red carpet that you could drive up on. That is so funny to me. <laughs> and it wasn't for talent. It was just for like, look, guys, you're it's the night out. Look at this. Isn't this fun? That is hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I get why they do it, but there's some of that I feel like goes too far where it's like, did you forget that there was a pandemic happening? Oh, that is so funny. I like, so you know, I want it. So the Super Bowl is uh, this coming Sunday, and I would really love it if, in between plays, all of the all of the commentators were just saying, "Oh yeah, there's a pandemic, everybody." <laughs> just do, just so you remember, there it's still happening. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. Yeah, I I went to. There's one that happens at the Magic Castle. I think like every other week. Uh, mm -hmm called Magic Asphalt uh, and I had um, 
Tammy Jo Jaren and her partner yeah. Nicole on as guests. And, you know, it's the only sort of like regular drive-in comedy show that even happens in LA County. Yeah. As far as I know. And they try to do everything as much by the books and as safely as possible. It's but, awesome. Yeah. But it, it, they, like that means they had to build their own stage. Everybody yes. gets their <laughs> own mic and mic stand. I think that's great. Yeah. They have to have so much staff that like, you know, people who handle parking, people who handle food, people who yeah. handle uh, check-in and all that. And like, you know, they want to pay the comedians too. And so I think maybe they break even sometimes. Yeah. Like that's what the goal is. They're not even trying to like turn a huge profit because yeah. I mean, tell me if I'm off, but that's just not happening right now. Yeah, <laughs> with live. I mean, yeah. the live streaming, there is potential there. Like that's- yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, like how so I mean, I I know like so last summer Ron Funches did this thing where he would like basically broadcast like a performance with an audience, a private audience of like 10. Mm-hmm. And I think like thousands of people bought it because it was just like a five dollar YouTube like, mm-hmm. like yeah. And so I think that probably did pretty well, but in terms of the sustainability or viability of that i i'm curious well that's like a lot of what um i've been working on at the start of the pandemic it it really started as like you know, we had the idea of like, let's just do like a Goonies live read. Like it was yeah. just like something right. truly the intent was just something fun. Mm-hmm. Just like get on the Zoom or we did Flatliners first. Right. I think we did Flatliners first. You did Flatliners and then you did Goonies. And, Goonies. and, it, and it's like, it's something to do. Not a lot yes. of prep. Not a lot. Yeah. And like no pressure. Like this is fun. Don't try to like do a, a stand-up set on mm-hmm. Zoom. Like it just you know, fun. And then everyone, like all the comics really, um, really enjoyed it and like wanted to do more. And it was like, oh, like, oh, this is like this, people are feeling good getting together right. and doing something. Right. Um, you know, I don't, I don't work with any assholes. I genuinely like every one of my clients. I think that they all get along with one another, which, which yep. helps. I, um, I would say so. I would say yeah, so. And that's yeah. good. That's good for your mental health. Just yes, so. it is. Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, the idea was like, why don't we just do like a weekly hang? And then it's like slowly started taking form into like, mm-hmm. oh, in the green zoom. And like, mm-hmm. let's have one host. Let's have Paul Danke host. And because right. at first it was just everyone changing up there were some great ones when maggie would host as pretty greg berries and Uh would do a Uh put on a mustache and do Uh like a a loose greg barris impersonation is great (laughs) 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 we'll have to do something with that again and then this um nightlight is this company that before fully did live events like lighting rigging huge festivals that was their that's what they did. And then so when the pandemic hit, they completely shifted. 
and they we were talking they basically have built a gorgeous comedy club inside this warehouse that also is like it's like a 14,000 square foot space right. that has like two other studios, like a previs room, a control room. Right. So we've been doing the weekly live stream out of there, right. which has now become a podcast. And we've started doing live stream comedy and they have it. So there's like audience zoomed in okay. on the back wall so they can hear laughter. They're on an actual stage yeah. with a mic stand. Yeah. It actually feels closer to having right. the audience and then it's live it's live streamed on a platform called future stream right. so not not the entire audience is in that room right. but like it is you know they're the good side you know we're so spoiled being in LA like <laughs> oh I can just go you know up until now could go right. see comedy all the time and it's like right. now people in different time zones can like <laughs> live stream and see these like stand-up shows and it, it's kind of exciting like the good side real making some lemonade out of some mel- out of some lemons right but you know it really it feels like it's more than just a zoom show which sure. is nothing nothing wrong with that but there's um it just feels like i love something well produced i love right. a well-produced thing and you know i learned a lot from like my time launching with Jamie and Vanessa Dynasty mm-hmm. and like all the ins and outs of, you know, those, those the small details of like right. producing a good show and like what is, what can be transferred into a live stream. Like, so what, what, what's like one of those details that really sticks with you and what uh, is something that translated over to this time? I think like on both sides, like having the audience experience as good as the talent experience, like not dismissing either, like having both sides really feel taken care of, like how, how far, like in the same, like they, they're isolated, but say three of the comics will be on the show. There's no audience in the room. So they're masked, but they all have like their own mic and mic stand. We have like beverages for them. There is a green room. There's spaces they can go. It's like, it's definitely not a hang because it's a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is um, just that little bit of feeling cared for. And the same with like the audience experience, like everyone is genuine like into them being there it's not just like yeah give us your money it's like we want them to experience a good show being available if they have questions leading up to the show just and pivoting when you know getting feedback we've had the like we've opened up uh like an after an after show sure yeah this is becoming a thing people love it they love it so much they really do oh my god like because i keep hearing and say i have not partaken in any of those but like i know that live stream stand-up shows or comedy shows they'll have these like vip after parties like i don't people pay a premium price for it and i guess they they like it it. and it's really do and it's what's that what happens in them? It is really like a hang. Like, okay. you know, definitely, usually the audience are a little more shy, which makes sense. They're not performers. So sure. usually what happens is the comics get to have that kind of after the show green room feeling of they're just right. like, 
talking and laughing about things and then slowly the like audience will like throw something in and it's just like a nice hang right okay okay i see that i still yeah. wouldn't do it but uh well, that's different <laughs> yeah it's different because i'm me and i'm like well, yes. i'm gonna go talk to my friend i don't want to wait in the line but that actually does for people that are introverted i would say that's probably more enticing them like in so the meet and greets that would happen in person at in-person shows it's sort of like wait i have to stay in a, a line after the show for like half an hour that would stress me out yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, and I know that I can skip the line, but it's like, oh man, you're doing their thing. All right, I'm just gonna like go yeah, because there's some people that just like truly hang out for like the 45 minutes, and they're like they're smiling. They're there's also a chat, and so the mm-hmm. people that don't feel like speaking up, there's like lots of activity in the chat during right, right. during the after hang too, and then you know the comics will pick up like, oh thanks so and so, like it's it's right. really nice, it's really fun. That's what's been really. I obviously you know how much I would go out in the before times like I this is the closest I have felt to that feeling of being at a live show and it's like it has that like electric feeling of seeing something that's only happening in this moment that like I miss it (laughs) and it's been really it's been exciting and like every time working with this company of like tweaking the shows and getting just elevating the thing. I don't know, I love it. What's the name of the company again? Nightlight. Nightlight, spelled like N-I-T-E-L-I-T-E? No, it's actually N-I-G-H-T, L-I-G-H-T, nightlight.tv is their- Okay, Okay, cool, cool, cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right, so for like, are you having, how many people are you having in that studio at the same time that are like doing the show together? So they're not in the space at the same because so, so there's like an isolated club in right. the space. Right. I'm just trying to picture this. So yeah. And it's inside a 14,000 square foot warehouse. Right, right, right. So the two comics are outside of the room watching. Right. And then you know, the host will call them up and then they'll walk out whether one walks on with their own mic. So oh, okay. It's cool. It's like about as safe as can be, which is yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I guess there, well, the thing that I went to for Funches, that was like, I think in a smaller soundstage, but they like look, try to make like, it feel like a comedy club. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were just like enough people there for them to play off of laughter. Yeah. And like right now we're using that off like the screen on the back wall. Um, but I think once once things open up and it's safe to have an audience, it's mm-hmm. it, it's gonna be a great live space too. So that's, that's exciting. Great. Yeah. Uh, and are, wait, are they gonna call it Nightlight Comedy Club or like what, what's, what's, what are they gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> we need a name. What's, what's the, come up with I a mean, good name? I mean, you know, uh, have them get in touch with me so I can get paid. I'm good at yeah. coming up with names. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so I, I you right know, now, I'll, I'll put a thought into it. Saying, streaming live from Studio B because it's Studio Sweet. B. All right. Studios. All right. Yeah, that still has a good ring to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> SNL, what do they shoot? 8H? Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's cool. 
so you're sort of like that's like a sort of forefront of like what can happen comedy wise what do you think is down the road what do you see happening what would you like to have happen I mean, I've been surprised at how much production is still happening being- Me too. In the epicenter of all of it. Like I am surprised. <laughs> uh, yeah, so and they all have to keep pausing too because people keep getting COVID. Yeah, like it's a little bonkers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's- writing keeps happening like things keep moving animation great so all on that side you know i'm i'm just all for like the really simple common sense of safety first like it is not worth risking your life to go like do a thing i don't know i don't know right maybe i should be a colder more like no, 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 no. It's yes. Joe Rogan and Chappelle getting COVID is bad. It's bad. It is. It's it's bad. And it's like, you know, I've had 11 clients that have participated in these live streams and it is like zero pressure. You can Mm -hmm. all do this from home. Like if you want to come to the studio, if that is in your comfort zone, it is available. And these are the safety precautions, but like zero and like, like three or four of them come to the space and the rest zoom from home. Like it is, this is, it's no joke out there. No, Um, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I joked about having play callers or commentators say that there was a pandemic during the Super Bowl, but like, you know, the virus is technically more contagious than it was when it started. Yes. It's, uh, it's crazy. So I don't know. I think we're, we're going to be in this for a while. I mm-hmm. think that um, the live streaming, I, you know what, at first I was very like, I don't want to watch stand up on a screen. Meh. And I <laughs> changed uh-huh. pretty quickly. Like it, I've adapted to mm-hmm. being able to feel it mm-hmm. more so like it, it doesn't feel as separated. I think it's going to continue for yeah. a while. And I think it might actually remain. Like even when we go back, I think the ability to like reach people mm-hmm. on the other side of the country, like I think I think it'll be around. I agree. I this is what I envision. I've laid this out on the podcast before, but I think it's, you know, part of what's going to happen with reopening is like, you know, there has to be limited capacity mm-hmm. uh, for safety reasons. And, you know, for that to be worthwhile for a club, they're going to have to like have a big enough headliner that they can charge sort of a ridiculous price for the small amount of people that can even watch it live. But on the other end, I mean, you know, some clubs are already outfitted for this, that they have camera feeds that if they can just live stream that at like a discounted price. You know, people, I mean, people have tuned in to see a Second City show online from Japan. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know? It's amazing. Yeah, and I think that, like, and even to some of the indie shows that, like, like Catherine Cohen's um, uh, weekly show that she would do at Club Coming, um, one on IG Live, and, like, they would get more people watching that than they would in, to come to the show. It's amazing. 
Yeah. So like there is potential there if like you have sort of the thing that people want to watch. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What do you so what are the sort of the, the details for you that make it bring back sort of the spark the magic back? Um there's still the you know, it's like getting close to showtime and like, you know, we're all very separated, but like right. seeing a comic on the other side of the room, working on notes, like making right. little things. There's like sure. that, a little bit of energy sure. starting and like the really simple hearing people laugh, like in right. the room, like it's really, I really miss being in a room hearing that. And it's yeah. awesome. And yeah. it's really satisfying seeing how happy it makes the comics being able to perform in some way right. like actually doing a show seeing each other right. seeing people enjoy what they do it's right. yeah it's um yeah it feels good and I like I've always enjoyed like the production side of things sure. and just I love all that stress <laughs> leading up to <laughs> showtime and right. It's <laughs> exhilarating, isn't it? Yep. I yeah. love the host running late because there's rain and uh -huh. like asking someone else to like immediately do you mind just jumping in and like right. and like the magic happens in that. I love stuff like that happening. Oh yeah. That <laughs> is the only way I got to do Neil Hamburger uh, and special guests is because ah. literally there were no other comedians in the building. Ah. And Sam Barrow is like, do you want to do it? Brendan Walsh isn't coming. Uh, yeah. And what's insane about that show is there is no host and no yeah. one brings you up and nobody, yes. I think it's like instructed by Neil uh, oh, to good. like not have a light. So you have to just feel out 10 minutes. I didn't know there wasn't a light. Yeah, That's Sam true. Sam told me like, all right, you, so you're just going to have to walk out there and like do 10 minutes. Just self-governed. <laughs> yeah, because he likes it having that weird. Having I miss that, that show so yeah. much. That like yeah. monthly, that is like a real heartbreaker. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, so, so, uh, so many comics are like posting... Uh, memories of like the before times mm -hmm. and while that is nice I sometimes I get upset we're like yeah I know that it was that great yeah and if we don't have any of that now why are you doing this yes I, I, I turned off all the memory things on like my phone and Facebook because I don't want to see any of that shit totally and uh. this is just like yeah I was even there for that that was like amazing and I haven't gotten to be a part of that in a while yeah um yeah so i i do you see you know like uh, like i mean how do you imagine a, sort of a live stream live in person combination for like what you want to do yeah i like especially with um with where we've been streaming out of mm -hmm. it's it's going to be really like it can probably seat 75 people in that room mm. Cool, cool, and cool. they have like a full lighting mm -hmm. audio like the whole rig is there like I think sure. in this specific place it's going to be as simple as like keep doing what we're doing and bring chairs in <laughs> like that's, that's that's good to hear and I think that like other places 
like you said, like they'll probably have to have limited capacity. So, you know, when they get back to booking these lineups and seeing that there's money to make through live streaming of just right. doing that well. Right. I don't know. I, I think it'll be pretty simple. I think it'll be great. Yeah. For the people that are, I mean, if you own a venue that's surviving right now, I think you, you'd be best served by rigging your club yeah. for live streaming. Yeah. Any club that isn't doing that, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, totally. Um, but like, hmm, I, I, that is encouraging to hear because I, you know, I was just talking to somebody, I was talking to Hannah Einbinder, shout out to Hannah, mm -hmm. um, about, she was asking me like, what do I see for the future of comedy? And I think I told her that there's going to be sort of like, all comedy is really going to mean something again. Like it, it was kind of a useless label that was just thrown willy nilly everywhere for the last 15 mm -hmm. years. But because like, I, I'm pretty sure headliners only are going to like play clubs for a while because money needs to be made and they want spots. Um, that like, they're not going to be interested in like giving too much space to people developing or new comics or new talent and all that stuff is going to have to yeah. go elsewhere yeah it'll be interesting like um seeing where these new elsewheres are mm -hmm. <laughs> like with so many places shutting down like so the yeah i really yeah. no go on, go on go ahead um i was just thinking like you know, that show hasn't existed, but like one of my favorite shows was uh, French Toast Sunday nights mm -hmm. at, at however you pronounce Tex. It's, it's Tay. No one pronounces an X in <laughs> French. I think the owners are like pulling a, a fast one and everybody. I know. It's yeah. Tay. It has to be. <laughs> it has to be Tay. It has to be Tay. For those not in the know, this was a weekly Sunday stand up show hosted by Zach Sherwin, then known as MC Mr. Napkins. And Margie <laughs> Kement, now Margie Mintz. I mean, bottomless split pea soup. It was like. Oh, that was your go to? That was my go to. I always just got the big, big ass bowl of fries. <laughs> they had really good fries. That's, yeah, they do have really good fries. But like, I wonder not only are venues closing, but like so many businesses are closing. Like, where are the new, the comedy in the back of that place going to be? Like, right. it'll be really, and like, his story is going to make it. I hope so. Story, Another... from, I just got a, so I donated the stories, uh, which is a wonderful bookstore and event space in Echo Park. They uh, held a GoFundMe. They said that they like made it through like what they thought was the worst part of the pandemic through their GoFundMe. Uh, Good. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, they're still open. Their patio's back open as outdoor dining is allowed again in LA County, although it's like... Which is crazy. Support them and... It's, but it's crazy. crazy. I, even posted, <laughs> I even posted today as my sort of daily like call to action that I do. Uh, it's like, yeah, our numbers went down, but like, you know that yesterday it was still 4,200 cases reported and like 89 people died or 85, sorry. That it's still a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. like down, but down from insanity. Like it's yeah. not. It's uh. Yeah, and it yeah. got to that point because 
people get lax. And I mean, I don't know about you, but what from what I've seen, basically none of this is going to end until the majority of the world gets inoculated. Yeah. There's a, like New Zealand, the way they keep cases at zero is they're going to close their borders off for most of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And people got, people were out in clubs and baseball games in South Korea. And guess what? They ended up having cases again. Oh God. Oh. And it, yeah, it sucks. It's going to be a while. And I would tell everybody, no one's asking you to enjoy this or like be happy about any of it. Or like, I even have a problem calling it the new normal because it will end. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, it's the thing that we have to go through because that's just what it is. Yeah. 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 And I mean, like, it it sucks because like live comedy is going to be like one of the last things to really come back yep <laughs> yep I mean it's... you can even do live music in sort of an arrangement that you couldn't do live comedy you know mm-hmm. like you yeah, can do like live music where everybody's like spaced out and not like at you know um, Bonnaroo or something mm-hmm. and that w- could still work you know yeah but yeah. comedy is in places where the virus is most transmittable. Yes, a small, dark, yeah. damp room. <laughs> that was the crazy. Do you remember when D.L. Hewley like um, collapsed on stage because he had COVID? And yes. like, like oh. it, it was the Zanies in Nashville, I believe. And like, yeah, there were people that had masks, but they weren't wearing them at their tables. And all those tables were not distant from each other. Ah, it's so crazy. There's so much levels of craziness. I mean, like, so as the vaccine rolls out, there are going to be people who are just like, I'm vaccinated. So what's the big deal? Why do I, I got to keep doing everything? Well, yeah, I know. Keep doing everything. Yep. It's going to be a minute. <laughs> it's going to be a minute. So yeah, as I was telling um, another comedian friend who was worried about relevancy, is he doing enough? What's happening? Like, Anybody who's doing comedy right now, even the people that are figuring it out, they're just doing it to stay sane. Most yeah. people are on, comedy's on hi, a big hiatus. It's not dead. Yeah, totally. I think as a whole, it's like kind of just taking a big break. I mean, it's still happening. That's part of why this podcast still exists. And sure, yep. check out In the Greens Room every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Yeah. Pacific time, PSC. 10 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> uh, avail yourself once a month. Was it last week of the month on Thursdays? Yeah, yeah. It's not a, it's, it's, it's not an exact, but it is once a month. Right. It changes, but it's right. usually around the last Thursday. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I could do the rest of your plugs. Go, go follow, <laughs> go see and follow <laughs> anything that Chris Fairbanks does. Uh, Maggie yep. May, Sarah June, uh, Paul Danke, James Fritz. Um, okay, I'm running out. Who else? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Phoebe Bottoms. Phoebe Bottoms, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Rumi N- Nazir, yeah. Yep. Do you say Gareth? Oh, of course, Gareth, Gareth Reynolds. <laughs> uh, Matt, McCarthy. Uh, Matt yeah. McCarthy, Matt McCarthy, Greg Barris, yep, Megan yep. Keister, Megan James Fritz. Yep, I said uh, James. Ryan Singer. Oh, you yep. said James? Okay. Yeah. And oh, Nick Ryan Flanagan. Singer, of course. Huh? Nick Flanagan in oh, the Nick deep Flanagan. woods of Canada. <laughs> yeah. Is he your only Canadian client? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's so great. <laughs> are you are you envious of how Canada's like taking it way more seriously than America? Yes, <laughs> I sure am. <laughs> what what is that like? It's uh, it's a, I, you know, I became an American citizen last in 2019. It is a weird choice, just doubling down on this. I do love it here, but right. it's wild. They're doing a bit much better job up there, and it's still bad. Like they're doing a better job, and it's still bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just how this vi- virus is, and like, I mean, yeah, everybody can take it at their own pace, but you just have to. To anybody that you know, my parents said like, you can't let the virus run your life. I'm like, it's not up to me. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is running. <laughs> I I I have no say in that, and it just is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's great. My mom is a nurse and she said that I don't. It's, uh, yeah, I'm really curious how it's going to affect people personally coming back as well. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when someone walks too close to you, it's like the instinct now is like, get away from me. Like how long until that goes away? Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's going to be a thing. I, at the outdoor shows that I went to, I would hear people cough and that didn't seem to be a problem, but I imagine at indoors, that might be a problem. Like it would be yeah. as bad as a heckle. Yeah. <laughs> Personally for me, I've said this again on the podcast, uh, but like, I'm still at a point because last year was so traumatic for me mm-hmm. on top of the pandemic mm-hmm. that like if anyone, and I'm sure there's some dickhead out there that's going to do this, that's like, hey guys don't I mean if you think about it don't you miss quarantine Ah! (laughs) I'm gonna heckle that motherfucker because I'm gonna be really triggered yeah yeah like yeah no no I don't miss any of this yeah I'm making the best of it but I will not miss it like I yeah yeah and to the 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 positive you know endlessly positive people out there like oh don't you appreciate the lessons you've learned from the time that you've been able to be like I could have done that without like millions of people would have rather there not be a deadly disease (laughs) wreaking havoc yeah I would have rather (laughs) like a friend of mine bully me into like going into uh uh like Joshua Tree for a sound bath (laughs) like do all this yes (laughs) have you been to the Integratron pretty fun it is (laughs) yes (laughs) that's what it's for for me i enjoy it well it's just like a real long nice adult nap self-discovery does not need to happen because of uh covid19 it could have just happened in a much safer way that's almost like one time my you know i have this argument with uh, my dad and i think christians in general of like um that phrase that I really really hate that God works in mysterious ways and he told me that uh in conversation once and I asked him like well how do you explain the holocaust mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he thought for a long time I could see the mental gymnastics happening in his head and he said well maybe and this is gonna sound really fucked up but just go along with it maybe that was the only way for the Jews to get back to Israel. Wow. I was like, why don't you try six million plane tickets, man? Yeah. 
This sounds way easier than what they went through. Wild, wild, <laughs> wild. Yeah, just uh-huh. just so everybody knows who votes for Trump twice. That's like yep. how they yep. think. Yep, that that uh, that clocks. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um. Uh, but uh, this it's been encouraging to hear that this is like you got uh you're doing a lot of stuff you have been doing a lot of stuff um and there's seems to be infrastructure for yeah. what lies ahead um and like for that space that you said it seems like there so there will be a space that won't be like a, a, a alley next to a garbage yeah. can <laughs> yes. i think literally that's what's going to happen <laughs> Is people yes. are just because you, you know why? Because that's what people are doing right now. The insane that's people right. are doing comedy shows now. Yes. Or just totally. like, yeah, there I saw pictures in Europe of people just like putting a PA system on a street corner. Wow. Like this is where the show is. Yeah, it, it is so nice to like see this room that like it has a piano. There's black, beautiful velvet curtains. There's a there's a beautiful brick wall that was underneath drywall when they took the drywall away. Like they literally wow. built this from the ground up. It's beautiful. Wow. That's great. Yeah, it's right. nice. It's mm-hmm. uh, one person at a time, but it's nice. One <laughs> person like... at a time. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, Moses Storm, uh, mm-hmm. shout out to Moses. Uh, Moses. He, for... The Riot LA Comedy Festival, RIP, that was so great for mm-hmm. three, three, four years. They, mm-hmm. Moses, he rented this giant shed to put in the middle of the parking lot where there, all the <laughs> vendors were and had people watch him do stand-up one at a time. And this is like five years ago. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. And so they'd be. Oh, on, that's so great! He's on stage, <laughs> and then one person at a time would watch him do three minutes of stand-up. It was, uh, yeah. Who knew that that was gonna be bad or like some oh, purgatory? That like, oh, that's how we're gonna watch comedy from now on. Yep. Yep. Oh my god! I'm wondering why Squat Melt hasn't remained. It's the one show that didn't even need to like change its format. <laughs> Because Howard is more on the safe side than the not safe side. I know. No, I think it's, I, I'm, I'm, I am kidding. Because, yeah, getting that many people to congregate, but mm-hmm. is not good. Yeah, but no. It was not, outdoors. It, it was outdoors. <laughs> uh, it was a roving comedy show. Uh, probably yeah. one of the only one of its kind. Um, yeah. It, uh, you're not the only person to wonder. I've also asked, and I've asked people that are closer to Howard than me, and it, it, you know they keep hitting him up, but he's just staying really, really hunkered down. Yeah. Um, and Probably I'm sure right. I'm mm-hmm. sure he'll want to do it when it is safe enough to do. And yes, those who don't know, <laughs> Squat Melt kind of exclusively happened, or at least well, it became a walking tour towards the uh, uh, you know before lockdown. Um, but it would start at venues that, or places that had been venues, but were shut down. Um, so there are so many more places he can do that now. I was just going to say, oh God. <laughs> UCB Sunset. So I mean, wild. you could do it in front of IO West. You know what's crazy is IO West is still there. Like it, the space hasn't been bought up or used by anybody. Oh, wow. And that closed so long ago. Yeah. Yeah, huh. it's weird. Maybe it's a front for something. 
I like this. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Hollywood Boulevard is still a weird place to be. Um, yeah. But it's very empty now. Yeah, God. Everywhere feels weird going because yeah. I'm not used to going places. Anytime I drive somewhere, I'm like, oh, right. There's a whole city right there. Bizarre. Every now and empty. again, I'll, yeah, I'll go on a drive and, you know, around eight or nine o'clock, most of LA closes. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a small town. Like yeah. we're not a walking city, but there are at least so many people here that like when in the before times, it just felt like, you know, people were out doing stuff, but that's no more. Yep. Yeah, and, and we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, like for my, you know, I, swingers for a time was closed permanently. They opened back up. Cafe 101 is no more. Red 62 is still open. And I know, it's so I, sad. I applaud for, they're not doing outdoor dining. They're, they're like, we, we're allowed to, but we are not going to do it at this time. Good. Yeah. So crazy. Good. Because I've already oh. seen people like, you know, of course, restaurants, I get why they are doing it, but like already they got the tables out and all that and they're not distant and people are just like they'll have their masks but they're not wearing them and it's like you're so close to other people oh god do you remember your last um the last restaurant you ate at and the last show you were at before the lockdown so the last show i was at was dave serwanka's uh shrimp town it was their two-year anniversary um Mm -hmm. it was in a basement of a wine uh store uh uh-huh. but it was so few people that it was it probably ended up being socially distant. Yeah. Uh the crazy thing about that I always remember is there was a comic who wasn't on the show who showed up and then asked for his time and then went up and then afterwards was like, hey, don't tag me in any of the posts because people are mad that you're doing the show right now. Ah! Which I think like you asked for stage time. No, 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 no. You weren't on the show. God. This is what, this is what you get um no I have fun at that and I think you know I probably went to Fred 62 after that because that was the only place I knew was like going to be open yeah yeah it was it was weird the last two shows that I went to Mm -hmm. was like a sold out dollop at the at Dynasty oh we were both there Yes, because and Bert Kreischer was. They were talking to Bert, yes. and, he, and he's like, That's right. "Is this like real?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's this is real." Yep, and I remember using hand sanitizer after, before, mm-hmm. like, yep, and and Sandler that week. Like it was a, a weirdly mm-hmm. two very packed shows. Right, right, and be, and then it started like shutting down, and House of Pies was the last place I ate. Oh wow! Wild, there, right across the street. From right Fred across 62. the street. They're still going strong. God, crazy. Yeah, it is crazy, crazy times. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Jessica. Thank you for having me, Jake. It's so nice to see you. So nice to see (laughs) you. Um, Where can people find you online? What else would you like to plug? Uh, Availcomedy.com is all everything about my clients and all the shows we are doing. is at Nightlight TV and we're gonna be starting to do like headlining shows beyond just my clients in the near Ooh. future. So that's exciting in this like, live like streaming. Out of Nightlight? Yeah. Cool. Yes. Can you tease yeah, so, anybody? 
maybe no just follow the things <laughs> all right all right fair, fair yeah fair, and, fair. and and like you said all the um all the at in the green zooms and at avail comedy on things for what's coming next great uh, awesome yeah i am jake Kroger. i create the comedy bureau you can find the comedy bureau at thecomedybureau.com at the comedy bureau across platforms uh there are a lot of great causes to support at this time and i ask that you support those but if you have money and generosity after that please give to me because i am the only person running this and i've been doing so for a decade uh i also just started a weekly office hours uh comedy office hours uh on clubhouse so if you have an iphone and you are invited to be on clubhouse or on clubhouse uh, tune in at uh, 4 p.m. on Monday uh, Pacific time and 7 p.m. Eastern time on Mondays so we can solve all of comedy's problems like we do here. Um, yeah, And we'll you be- will be the first to know when there is when I am able to tease. How about that? Great, great. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Um, I Would you like to say anything as we sign off here? No, it's just really nice to have a conversation with a face I haven't seen mm-hmm. <laughs> since the before pandemic. Yeah, I I really resented Zoom at first. I'm really grateful for it now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's 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 a complicated relationship. It sure is, especially <laughs> when it drops mid conversation. <laughs> when it drops mid conversation, and yeah, then I gotta like find an edit point. Uh, you know. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, for yeah, people who didn't have this conversation, you're lucky that I cut all of that out. Um, yeah. <laughs> as I like to say at the end of every episode, comedy is still happening, uh, and as the great Brody Stevens would say. Enjoy it! The Comedy Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Guineo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.